Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined by Barry Trammell. Here to recap a wild one. The Thunder beat the Blazers 134-131 to on Monday night in Portland in a game that obviously had big stakes. Uh, considering the lottery standings, the, the reverse standings, Thunder had two to play still against the Blazers. And it looked like Portland was uh, so, sort of had this one. Um, the Thunder came storming back. Isaiah Roby hit a huge three-pointer to send the game into overtime, and then the Thunder won the game in overtime. Barry, before I turn this over to you, I just want to go on a on a mini on a mini rant. I'm I, I'm just like I understand why Thunder fans are disappointed. It's bad for the lottery standings. Maybe it maybe you miss out on the potential to get into the bottom three. You know, there's there's a few percentage points you might gain. But, like, some of the responses that I've just seen, I, I know Twitter is a terrible place. I know social media in general is a terrible place. But I, like, tweeted out a video of Isaiah Roby talking about his uh, shot to send it into overtime. And someone was like, oh, this is the guy that ruined my franchise. And, like, so many people just are just, like, just outraged. And it's like the Thunder – didn't play Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's out for the season. We'll talk about that. Trey Mann was a late scratch. Trey Mann, their, their best player remaining, was a late scratch with a hamstring strain. I mean, you're really going to, like, complain about Isaiah Roby scoring 30 points and Maladone and Kretschy and Lindy Waters the third. Like, the Blazers were playing guys I've never even heard of, and I try to follow the NBA fairly closely. So, yeah, like, be disappointed. That's fine. I'm not trying to tell a Thunder fan how to feel. But it, the, the whole conversation to me has just gotten a little exhausting, and no one knows what's going to happen on lottery night. So, Barry, Barry, take it away. It's simple mathematics, and people um, generally aren't that great in math. But here's a good way to think about it. Think about a piece of wood, and it can be like a... a in a, in a fence, you know, a stockade fence or whatever, big piece of wood and getting a sliver when you handle that wood. That sliver and that piece of wood, that's how much the lottery chances change tonight with the tonight's game. The Thunder was probably going to finish fourth anyway. Exactly, exactly. Even win, lose, or, you know, Collapse ceiling and the game has to be called. Doesn't matter. They were probably going to be fourth because um, everybody else is trying to lose too. Yeah. So I mean, this pretty uh, much ensures it, though. I mean, and he, yes, it does. And here's the other thing: the difference between third and fourth in the lottery is just a few slivers. It's not a big chunk of board. It's just a few slivers. It's the only difference. Yeah. It's also, maybe, my point is like. I, I, I totally get you want the best odds possible. That's the whole point of this whole thing. 
But again, feel free to be disappointed now. But then on lottery night, you know, what if the Thunder climb to third and the team with the fourth worst record wins the lottery? Then everyone's upset <laughs> on the other direction. That's so a, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. And uh, and here's the other thing. We've talked about this. This whole lottery process. Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Shaquille O'Neal, they are not in this lottery. They're not in this lottery. Maybe it's uh you're gonna be you're gonna end up with a better player if you pick second instead of fourth, but maybe you won't. Don't go borrow in trouble. It's just no way to live. The Thunder's done about all it can do to improve its lottery chances. Now you're gonna we're just gonna have we're what are we, uh 12 days left in the season. Just let it ride. In, in, in May, we'll find out where they pick. In June, we'll find out who they pick. In November, we'll find out, or October, what kind of player this guy is, whoever they pick. It's just not, yeah, it's, it's way overblown. If, if, you're, if you're tanking for Peyton Manning, okay. But Peyton Manning's not in this, in this draft. He's not in this draft. Yeah. And besides, like, here's the other here's here's the other thing. The Blazers weren't going to let the Thunder lose. That was not going to happen tonight. I mean, did anybody watch the last four seconds of overtime? <laughs> they just sort of did anybody happen there. to watch? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're 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 down three with was it eight seconds I think or seven? You inbound the ball and you have no timeouts. So you drive to the bucket and shoot a layup with three and a half seconds left or two and a half seconds left. So that way you can foul and then you can try to go the length of the court with no with no timeouts. And by the length of the court, the Blazers inbounded. The, the, you're 94 <laughs> feet. The, 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 the court is 94 feet long, and the Blazers inbounded the ball approximately four inches so that they only had to go 93 feet, 8 inches. Um, so, And then they just, like, happen. paused, and it was, yeah, it was yeah, very yeah, yeah. weird. It um, was. It was. Um, it, here's, yeah. you, you, know what I could, uh, you know what you could argue? You could argue that whatever lottery chances you lost, which, again, are slivers, it's more than made up for the potential residuals of Isaiah Roby and Theo Maladon. Yeah, I mean... Maybe becoming, maybe becoming better ball players because of the confidence. Isaiah Roby was 11 of 13 tonight, 4 of 5 from three-point range. He's Barry, 4 of 5 know, from three-point range. Do you know what he's shooting from three this year? I know he was in the 40s before tonight. Yeah, coming into tonight, he was 42%. He was, um, he was 27 of 65, so... Tonight he I know this is a small sample and everything like that, but what did he go tonight? So, um, so he's four or five. So he's thirty one of seventy this year. Yeah, thirty one of seventy. So that's you know, he's forty five percent or whatever that is. You know what? You can play in the NBA if you can if you're as big and mobile as he is and make forty something percent of your three pointers. also to to that point, like I like, it's a nice thought. I doubt that, you know, Isaiah Roby or Teo Maladon or Viet Krejci or Lindy Waters is going to be a difference maker from the Thunder. But you also watch that game and, you know, seeing Isaiah Roby celebrate after that shot and seeing, like, the bench go crazy, like, 
it's just like a feel good moment. I mean, this is a guy who would not be in that spot um, have had half the roster not been hurt. He's been in the G League. He's gone through ups and downs, and then he hits like you know the the, the biggest shot of his life probably. Um, and you know, you just like feel happy for for a guy like that. And and I I think I I, I harp on this all the time, but just being around these guys like. Isaiah Roby, when he's lining up to take that shot, he is not thinking about lottery odds. He is not thinking about where the Thunder might be four years from now or the difference between Chet Holmgren and Jabari Smith. He's trying to make the shot. He's trying to stick around. He's trying to to boost his own stats and, you know, make his own legacy and all of that stuff. Like, you can't expect the players to, like, cooperate in the tank. I mean, (laughs) the guys on the bench, they can't help. But the guys on the court, they're going to play their hardest. That's exactly right. No doubt about it. Guy like Vic Kretschke. I mean, this guy, he's he's now 26 of 62 from three-point range. He's he's trying to tell not just Sam Presti and Mark Dagnall, but 29 other coaches, 29 other general managers, I can play in this league. Yeah. And you know what? It's starting to come through some thick skulls like mine that maybe he is a ball player. I mean, he's 26 of 62. From three point range, um, here as a as a rookie. So they shot forty four percent from three, twenty of forty five. Yeah, it, it it was crazy. It was crazy. But <laughs> I, you know, I I applaud the Blazers. They had a bunch of guys making shots too. They were yeah. twenty of fifty. How about Ben McLemore? Uh, Eight of eighteen from three. Yeah, he was. Was he, was he the most famous player on the floor tonight? Like the most known to an average NBA fan? I'm going to say, uh, outside, unless you've got somebody like Poku, yeah. who has sort of a cult following. Not because yeah. he's any good, but just because his name's Poku and he's yeah, nine Poku. foot six. <laughs> so it's either it's either Poku or. But in terms of legitimate ball player with you know some sort of track record, it was Ben McLemore by a long shot. Which is crazy. By a long shot. Which, which is, is crazy. <laughs> the although you know, well, and Chris, I guess Chris Dunn. Yeah, I mean, he Chris was like Dunn. sixth pick in the draft or seventh or whatever it was out of Providence a few years that, ago. That's true. I, I even um, forgot about Chris Dunn, and I just watched him play. Um, but it certainly wasn't know, Kelgen it, it, Blevins let me, let me, or Elijah Hughes or C.J. Ellaby or Brandon, Brandon Williams. Don't know much about him, but, boy, did he have a great game tonight, 25 points. One of the radio guys in, in one of the radio pregame shows says in on the Blazer website, Brandon Williams, they don't even have his picture up. It's just a silhouette. They don't even I, have a picture. I would say they now's don't... a good time to put his picture up. <laughs> How about Drew Eubanks? Talking yeah. about Isaiah Roby. Drew Eubanks, 12 of 14. If, if Portland wanted to win this game tonight, you know what they'd have done? They'd have thrown the ball in the low block to Drew Eubanks every single time down the floor. An Oregon State Every beaver. single time. Is that what he was? Really? Yeah. I had no clue. Yeah. I had no idea. I didn't know. I didn't that, know that, that's idea. the point. Like both of these, it was it was laughable. How okay? Here's how I view the Trey Mann news just before just before tip off about his late scratch with a hamstring strain. Either Trey Mann indeed strained his hamstring, or it was the most blatant tanking move the Thunder has ever made. Because like you're getting to the point where like you don't even want Trey Mann to play. Uh, <laughs> In a game, and so th- that's what I'm saying. That they did just about everything possible that they could have to to lose this game. Yeah, they they did, and you know sometimes you just can't 
You know, it's like the great old Batman movie, the spoof, not one of the dark new ones, but the 66 Adam West Batman movie. You know, he runs all over Gotham City with a ticking bomb because every place he wanted to throw the bomb, there was, you know, potential potential uh, problems, mm-hmm. uh, including he's going to throw him in. He's going to throw it in a pond, but there's ducks. He wasn't going to he wasn't going to blow up the ducks. And finally, he says, some some days you just can't you just can't. Get uh, you, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Well, <laughs> some days you just can't. You just can't win, uh, or, or in this case, lose. Aaron Wiggins scored twenty eight points tonight. Yeah, he's I been know. terrible for three weeks since he got back. He had twenty eight points. Yeah, it was a career high for Roby. He had thirty. Career high for Wiggins. He had twenty eight. Teo Maladone had twenty three and t- twenty three ten and five. I mean, when only eight guys are available and you're playing against, um, you know, Drew Eubanks and C.J. Ellaby and, you know, Keon Johnson, who played 42 minutes tonight, by the way. But when you're playing against those guys, you're going to have big-time performances. And Mark Dignall even talked about this before the game. We've talked about it a lot at the end of last season. Like, what is legitimate? Like, we knew what Moses Brown was doing wasn't wasn't sustainable. Isaiah Roby's not going to be a 30-point scorer in this league, but you can't argue with 11 of 13 on 4 or 5 shooting and say, hey, that's at least a step in the right direction for a guy like Isaiah Roby or, you know, someone like Aaron Wiggins. Like, it certainly is better than them going, you know, 2 of 13 and, and just looking totally lost against inferior competition. All the stats get inflated in a game like this. Maladon's 10 rebounds. Um... You know, Poku had 11 assists, for crying out loud. Um, and six turnovers. So, but the one thing that is legit in just about any game is three-point shooting. Yeah. Because here's the deal. Now, if he becomes an all-star, people will start paying attention to him. But the shots Isaiah Roby got tonight, he's going he's gonna to get those about any night. He wants them. People yeah. are going to respect Isaiah Roby or – Vic Kretschke or Aaron Wiggins, not for a, a long while. Yeah. So that's legitimate stuff. You make a you make a twenty five footer. That's legitimate stuff. Well, and here's the thing about Roby: his only chance to stick in the NBA is to be a stretch five. Like that's his only chance. He's not good yeah. enough defensively. He's not big enough. He doesn't have like a back to the basket game. Like he's out there to stretch the floor as a big man. So. I mean that that's going to be his carrying skill if he sticks around, and and he shot it well tonight, which is good for him. And he's frankly shot it better than I even realized on the on the season. Again, I know it's a small sample size, but um, shooting north of forty percent, you not 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 too shabby. Um, I mean, he's a guy that Thunder might say, you know what? Let's bring this guy back. Let's bring this guy back. He might he might be able to help us down the stretch he's better than justin Patton, and that's who he was traded for so the the thunder yeah. won that yes. very low stakes they, they trade. did, they did. It's, <laughs> it's a very it's a very good point they did win that trade no doubt about it um just uh in all seriousness barry i, I know this was a game that um obviously had tanking implications neither team uh you know trotted out there was 19 guys on the injury report 19 16 players available to play 19 players unavailable to play but through all that we talked about the shooting like this was not a hard game to watch I I thought it was like really exciting down to the wire like I mean if you sort of like take out the you know this the tank stakes it was it was a pretty fun game I thought 
Well, it was, and that's what happens when you don't have defense played. I mean, nobody's <laughs> playing much defense. That's, that's Who's playing true. defense in that game? Who played, you know, let's see. Who's the biggest guys out there? For the Thunder, it's, well, Sar's a good-sized player. Sar. Poku's tall. And then Roby, but uh, nobody – Nobody's uh, defense. Robinson reason. Earl was was back. Did you see anything? Uh, uh, no, he looked rusty. Yeah, he looked really rusty. That's about all I could say about him. Um, but um, you know, Lindy Waters. I thought four of ten from deep is in this kind of game looks not that great, but it's forty percent. So he was um, four of ten two nights ago too. So you know, he's raising that. That percentage up a little bit. And, uh, by the way, good story. I very much enjoyed the Lindy Waters uh, Native American piece from Denver with, uh, you know, the 100 kids or so who came to see him play. So, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, it's it's cool to see. Like, And that one was a little bit of an outlier because it was an organized event and everything. But everywhere he goes, there are um, Native American kids or families who are there at the game just to watch Lindy Waters play, which is really cool. Yeah, I think I told you this on one of our previous, you know, at least in Oklahoma, and I think this is throughout the American West. Native Americans love their basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it, it it's it's a subgroup of basketball fans that just love the sport and play it um, with passion and and uh, often. So if if they had somebody to sort of sink their teeth into in terms of a of an NBA. Um, who was a who's a kid? Uh, I forgot. He was the phenom, didn't last, but was the, uh, you know, the Asian American. Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin. Same kind of deal. So, um, you know, he can be sort of a, a citadel for for yeah. native people. Uh, I think that's definitely. And you know what? This is hell. This this shooting's going to help him because he's up to let's see. He made to four thirty five of one oh four. So he's up to about, I don't know, 34, 35% from deep. So um, I don't think he's – he hadn't ruined his chance at the NBA. Now, he, he needs to shoot better than that. Yeah. But I think he's going to get – I think he'll get some more looks um, going forward in the future. So that's a good thing. Barry, let's wrap up with some injury news. Shea Gilgis alexander wasn't a big surprise, but we talked two nights ago. Mark Dagnall said there was going to be a conversation with him about his status moving forward. Mark says pregame that Shea's season is over. He will not play in these final seven games. Um, they're, you know, calling it right ankle soreness, and, you know, he wouldn't be able to get back in time. I think if these games mattered, he would definitely be playing. Um, I asked Mark how that conversation went with Shea, and he said we wouldn't be doing the plan if it wasn't collaborative with him. Clearly, this is where we landed, where all parties are committed to that. If he wasn't committed to it, we wouldn't do it. Um, When I hear the plan, I think of the long-term plan as much as I do the injury plan. But, you know, I guess it's a good sign for the Thunder that Shea is on board. Yeah, and... You know, he's a smart guy. There's not any reason for them to not level with him. Just sit him down and say, Shay, there's no reason for you to play. Although, frankly, now that I think they're solidified into the fourth, maybe bring him out of mothballs. Let him play if he wants to. Who cares? You know, yeah. Well, they're not going to do that now that they said he's done for the year. Well, that's probably true. That's probably true. Um, but, 
then you know, then their uh, ankle uh, injury argument goes out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. They got seven games left. Is anybody coming back from injury? Um, will, will Will Trey Mann play? I mean, we we got no Giddy. We got no Dort. Well, they we have to. No they have to have eight. And I have no indication that they're going to sign anyone to a 10-day. That's still a possibility. They have to have a um, – Who, can, who may, could come back? Trey Mann? Trey Mann. Yeah, I think um, – Anybody else? Is that it? The only guys who haven't – that are still hurt that haven't been ruled out for the season are Kenrich Williams and Derek Favors. And I think it's a long, long shot – um, if either of those two guys come back. Favors has basically been shut down. Kenrich is out with a right knee sprain. There's There's been absolutely no word on uh, his his status. But I, w- I would guess Mann's going to come back and they'd move forward with nine guys. Yeah, that's probably right. Um, um, just to wrap up on, on the injury front, Barry, the injury to Darius Baisley was more serious than maybe we, we knew. It was officially a right knee sprain. Um, but that was before they looked at it further. He had an MRI yesterday, and uh, get, get ready for this. It's, it's long. A non-displaced tibial plateau fracture in his right knee. Um, yeah. Mark, Mark Zagnalt said it's not as severe as it might sound. Sounds pretty severe, so I'm glad he said that. And he said he'll be back to basketball activities during the offseason. So it doesn't seem like a thing that's going to hamper him from getting ready for next year, um, which is good, but Darius Baisley's season is officially over. Well, um, I would call it a success. Darius played well down the stretch, sort of re reinvented himself as a defensive guy and and, you know, and then showed some offensive chops, too, at times. So I'm going to call it a successful year for Baisley, and I would not have it midseason, but I will now. So yeah. salute yeah. to you, Darius Baisley. Yeah, same here. His his offense is, you know, kind of remains inconsistent. I'm I'm not sure it'll ever, you know, be a strength of his, but if he plays defense like that and and just the versatility he brings on defense, he's going to stick around even if his offense, you know, doesn't take a take a leap. It might not be with the Thunder, but there's just about every team can use a, you know, 6869 guy who can defend multiple positions, maybe stand in the corner and try to hit a corner three every now and then. So um, Baisley really did take a big step in the second half, and um, that was that was good to see. Okay, Barry, um, any, uh, any last thoughts from this one before we wrap up? I feel a sense of relief and finality. <laughs> I mean, I've been reading these standings upside down for four months, five oh, yeah. months, but I'm, I, I I'm think tired we can, of it. <laughs> but I think we can say, hey, they're going to be fourth. That's what they are. So check back with us on lottery night, and we'll see where they pick. Yeah, kind of takes the, I guess it kind of takes the drama, the just the intense analysis of of every game down the stretch, sort of takes that out of it. So maybe everyone can just coast to the finish line from from here on out. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast, and we will be back with you Wednesday night. A couple of fun games coming up, Barry. Um, a few of them actually. This next homestand, the last homestand of the season, uh, against the Hawks on Wednesday. So Trey Young against the uh, Pistons on Friday. Kate Cunningham coming back, and then you've got the Suns coming in on Sunday. So those should be pretty fun to watch. Fun to talk about afterwards. And thank you as always for listening, and we'll be back with you on Wednesday.